Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are fixing the New England Patriots. We are answering as much of the Bill Belichick questions as we possibly can. We're talking about if Bill is there, what does this team look like moving forward? If he is gone, what direction does that mean the team is going to go? We'll talk about their big team needs, their free agency options, how much cap space they have to work with, the guys on the rosters that have to stay, and some guys that could go. And of course, this is a draft podcast, so we will also end it with a three-round Patriots mock draft. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers joining you on an early week edition of the show. And today we are fixing another franchise. It is the New England Patriots. We've been talking about this one a lot, Connor, as the season has gone on because, well, the Patriots don't look very good. So we're going to get into all the conversations. What are we doing with Bill Belichick? Is he sticking around? Are we moving on? If we're moving on from him, what are some head coaching options? We'll talk about this roster. Some guys that we think you should definitely build this team around. Some free agent options that they have. We'll talk about the cap space and all that good stuff. And, of course, because it's an NFL draft show at the end, we will give you a mini New England Patriots mock draft to wrap it all up. Connor, I'm going to look forward to this one, man, because it's a deep one. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It really is. This one, it's so different from the one we kicked it off with with the Panthers, right? With the Panthers, you look at it and go, okay, they already made their bet at quarterback. Now they need to do right by him and develop him. Um, you know, and there's a lot of decisions they have made already. Where they still had a GM sitting in the chair when we did that show and still do. With New England... I mean, the conversation starts. Does the greatest coach of all time return next year? Does he retire? Yeah. Probably not. Can they trade him? Yes. I, there's so many avenues of how that goes. Can he stay? Sure. And unlike Carolina as well, they have no quarterback on the roster, which is speaks volumes after using a first round pick on Mac Jones not that long ago. Uh, they benched him multiple times. The offense is lacking playmakers. They're a franchise that notoriously has everything solved on the offensive line, and that hasn't been the case this year. It's just it's crazy, Trevor, when you look at the Patriots right now. They are, it feels like the first time in in my lifetime that I remember being so invested in football that they are a clean slate team. Like truly, right. they can go. We could fast forward to February, and they can they can have a new coach. A GM, not a head coach GM. Right. They could be all in on drafting a quarterback and really blow up this roster. So this is, you know, kind of one of those ones where you love it when you're fixing a franchise because the power is yours. But it feels so weird talking about the Patriots like this. It really does. Just because for essentially our entire sports life, this has not been the case, right? I mean, Bill Belichick took this job in 2000. Okay, I was nine years old at the time, so I've I've never really known right. anything else other than Bill Belichick and the Patriots being good. And yeah. now I think the crazy part of this conversation is that people almost feel like it's a bad dream, like almost like th that this can't be because they've been so programmed to believe that this isn't the case with the Patriots. And the way that we do these fix your franchises every single year is. We start with the teams that are either for sure picking number one overall, or then you know maybe maybe it's the top three, maybe it's the top five. But we always start with the teams that are a little little bit higher up. And 
even though the Patriots did get a win on Thursday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you look at this team right now, they have the number two overall pick. They're sitting at three and 10 and the rest of their schedule is whole oh boy. Do they get to go up against a pissed off chiefs team next week? They then play the Broncos in Denver. So that could easily be a loss for them. They're playing a Buffalo Bills team that after that Chiefs win, playing pretty inspired ball. I think they're desperate. They're going to have to obviously give it their best. So I think that that's that's also in Buffalo. So I think they win that game. And then they play the Jets at the end of the year. And for as much as you and I kind of joked about that week 18 game, meaning a lot for draft position, Zach Wilson back in the starting lineup and goaded once again. And But no, in all seriousness, that defense is playing so well. I I think they're going to eat the Patriots alive. So – it is very realistic to say that this team's going to finish with three wins and pick number two overall in the draft. And it has just been unthinkable that a Bill Belichick coach team could ever be at that point. And I think with Belichick is really where this conversation has to begin. It does, There's no other way you could start this show because – the trickle down of this is massive. And I agree with you, Trevor. You could sit here and say, you know, there's a very good chance they pick number two. Even if they picked number three, they can still be a team that would be in the driver's seat to flip to two if it's Arizona for a quarterback or still take a quarterback at three or take Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever it may be. We're going into the show under the assumption that it is number two. And then the question is because if you're sitting at two and you look at this roster, I mean, it's it's going to be the start of a new era under center. And the question is, is that Bill Belichick's mission, right? Are you I don't even know. It's not fair to say, are you trusting Bill Belichick with that? But it's a question of I mean, Robert Kraft has been out in public and, and he's a guy that says, you know, we need to get back to our winning ways and all of these things. And I think it's fair to at least question after how everything went with Mac Jones that at this age and the way the game is gone, are you, and for this conversation, we'll say Drake May, are you trusting the future of the franchise's development in a guy like Drake May in the hands of Belichick, who has absolutely whipped on the offensive side of the ball for multiple years now? And I'm not saying that as a, a loaded question, or I'm not saying that leaning one way or the other. It's a significant question that needs to be answered. And is Belichick, this is a question too, Trevor. It's amazing how many lingering questions there are here because of how little we know with this franchise. Is Belichick interested in that? Seriously. Right. I mean, he's, I, he's 71, man. He is 71 years old. And so let's say it takes three years and that might, that might be low barring it, but say it takes three years to really get to where you think you're a real contender with this new quarterback and the roster and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so interesting to me where Belichick wants to be at this stage of his life and his career and maybe his love for the game and player development. Maybe that is exactly what he wants to do. But there's a side to me that's also like knowing that Chargers job is going to be open. And that's an example. There's a lot of job, but the Chargers job is going to be open. Does Mm -hmm. he want to go somewhere that? there's a tailor-made situation under center that if he gets his hands on a defense and makes his tweaks and makes his uh, obviously week in and week out game plans with better talent, which he's at fault for, for new England, but still, Oh, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into all that. 
is that where he wants to be and have a quicker chance to try to get another Super Bowl? So these are all the things lingering with Belichick, who is under contract as far as we know as well. Right. You know, we're going to answer a lot of questions here on this podcast. We'll pose a lot of questions, but we'll also try to answer as many as possible. But ultimately, and unfortunately, the biggest questions are the ones that we can't answer because it has to do with what Belichick wants to do. Okay. Because, all right, let me just, I'm going to read you his bio from the Patriots website because it's, it's, it's kind of hilarious to think about why would this dude continue, right? Like brother, just pack it in, go move to Florida, go move to Key West, never talk to anybody about football ever again, and just live your life with a beer in hand at all times. Here's the bio that is on the web, the Patriots website. Bill Belichick completed his 48th season as an NFL head coach in 2022 and is in his 24th season as head coach of the New England Patriots. <laughs> 24 years for one franchise as a head coach. It's insane. Belichick is the only head coach in NFL history to win six Super Bowl titles. In 2018, he won his sixth Super Bowl, joining George Hallis and Curly Lambeau as the only NFL coaches with six championships. He enters his 49th consecutive year as an NFL coach in 2023, the most consecutive seasons of any of any NFL head coach. Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick LeBeau, who's 40, who has 45 seasons, is second. The only other NFL coach with, with at least 40 consecutive NFL seasons is Tom Moore with 41. So when you talk about a lot of the crazy Tom Brady records that I don't think will ever get broken, Bill Belichick's records are probably more untouchable than Tom Brady's are, right? Tom Brady has a handful of records, whether it's the total yards record, the total touchdowns record. Obviously, like the Super Bowl one is tough to think that people would be able to get more than Tom Brady. But like those records, Drew Brees was close to him, you know, back and forth for a little bit. It's, It's very, very difficult to believe that there will ever be an NFL head coach that could ever get even close to what Bill Belichick has been. So the biggest question is, does this guy want to do it? It's what you kind of said at the very start of the show. He's 71 years old. If you believe the Patriots are even two, three years away from seriously competing again for another Super Bowl, the dude's going to be 74. Does he want to still be doing this at 74 after he's done it for 50 years of his life? You don't have anything to prove, especially in New England where they have two decades of success in New England. And they've had three, but really like the 2021 year wasn't terrible for them. It's really just been the last two years that have been bad and then worse. You've had two bad years and all of a sudden, like people are calling for your job. You gave them 20 plus years of incredible, unprecedented success in this league. And they've got two bad years and people want you gone. Is he annoyed with that? Does he want out? Is, right. is this such a, is this kind of the situation where it felt like Tom Brady just wanted to get out of New England? Does Bill Belichick want to get out of New England? I don't think they're going to fire this dude, Connor, honestly. Mm. Um, I think that if Belichick wants to stay, he's going to get at least one more year. Maybe the conversation is different next year if the team is just as bad, but if he wants to come back to New England, I think he comes back. Do you agree with that? I do. I think that even if there was some kind of one side over the other, say Kraft is just at the point where he's like, listen, I- I'm looking for a fresh start. 
the messaging would never be delivered as the Patriots fire Bill Belichick. That's just not, it just can't be done. Yeah. It would have to be, there might be a conversation of, we will work together to trade you and we will only send you where you want to go coach. Yeah. Yeah. And we right. won't hold that team hostage for draft capital. That's too insane. I think the Patriots would get a first round pick for Bill Belichick, but I would agree. Yeah. yeah, I, yes. I mean, that's the starting price. Um, but you're right, Trevor. It's it's not going to be the situation where he's his contract is terminated. Adam Schefter tweets out like, "Hey, Bill Belichick was fired by the Patriots today. He's free to go interview That'd wherever crazy. he wants." That would be I, that's not that's just can't see that happening. Honestly, I can't see that happening. So, I think that's the one thing you could rule out is a free agency for Bill Belichick that is unregulated. Um, now the question is if they do mutually agree to move on a team that has a lot of needs on their roster can get draft capital for him. And I think that's one of the rare, you know, cards the Patriots can play here to improve an off season that they really need to make stuff happen. You know, I think it's also, you got to look at, we talk about the Patriot way and you mentioned like, there's not a lot that's known about this organization the tough part with moving on from Belichick is that do you, like do you have to move on from all of it? Like, is it basically all or nothing? Because in I my think mind, so. I think it's I not fair like to whoever comes in there. To, be, because look at look at this entire coaching staff. It's Bill Belichick at the top. Joe Judge is back as the assistant head coach, so Joe right. Judge is there. Troy Brown is the wide receivers coach, played for the Patriots. Vinny Sinceri is the running backs coach, played for the Patriots. Um, Gerard uh, Gerard Mayo is the linebackers coach, played for the Patriots. He's right. kind of like in waiting. Brian yep. Belichick and Steve Belichick are the safeties and linebacker coaches on this team. So it's like there's there's so much Bill Belichick that's on this roster where it's it, it's almost as if if you move on from him, you have to just move on from every little part of Belichick that ever existed in this roster. And I don't, given the fact that there's no GM on this team. I don't know if Robert Kraft has it in him to do that because I think Robert Kraft had to live through watching Tom Brady leave and go somewhere else. And you know how much Robert Kraft loved Tom Brady, like as a person, not just as a player, like everything to that franchise. I don't know if he can do it. I don't know if he can bring himself to do it. I think, and I think this this can take us into you know, maybe head coaching plans short and long-term. I think the plan is Kraft is willing to let Belichick go out on his own terms. And when I say go out, I mean not coach elsewhere. Coach the Patriots probably one or two more years. And I think the plan is for Gerard Mayo to take over. I, I That was the name I keyed in on. Because... He's the outside inside linebackers coach right now for them. He's 37 years old. He was heralded as a top young defensive coaching candidate in last year's head coaching cycle. It was reported that he was going to get some head coaching interviews, and then he pulled his name out from that. And the Patriots, which they don't often do this, put out a press release that a guy who was coaching last year, who is still under contract, was just going to continue coaching for them this year. And I think that held a lot of meaning. I think Belichick 
looked at Gerard Mayo and said, you are who I want to hand the reins to because you listen to Mayo. And I, I read some articles on him. This is an article that, that he did. I can't remember where I found this. I'm sorry. Um, it was an interview that he did after he kind of like pulled his name out from that head coaching circuit. He said, quote, first of all, my family's here. Um, Second of all, love it here in Boston. Pretty much was raised here in Boston. Came here in 2008. It would take a lot for me to leave. This is where I want to be. And I feel the same way about the coaching staff and also the Kraft family. Um, he said, there's still a lot that I don't know. This is still Gerard Mayo. There's still a lot that I don't know. I'm very aware of that. So it's not only about talking with Bill, but also about talking with the scouts, talking about the cap guys, um, talking about researchers that we have. There's a lot to learn. And honestly, that's another reason why I wanted to be here because I could feel like we could do that right here. So he's not just talking about being a better coach. Very clearly, he's talking about getting groomed to do other things. Right. And he also had mentioned in this article that, Mayo was in on the offensive coordinator interviews that the Patriots were having last offseason. That's a big one. So to me, that's where I think we are with the Patriots. I, 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 I agree with you. I don't think they're going to fire him. I think the Bills either got one or two more years left. They're going to let him coach it out. And I think Gerard Mayo is going to be the guy that they want to hand the reins to whenever that is. It makes a lot of sense. If there was a transition guy, I would absolutely say Mayo for sure. I would think that. Now, I guess the question is, Trevor, what if this does come? What if this really does come to a head and Belichick is ultimately traded? You know, it's what he wants. There's somewhere he wants to be that we don't know about. Kraft is willing to accommodate him. It's a very, you know, amicable ending between them. Do you think that's the plan that it's still Mayo's franchise? Or do you think with that being the case, it is that clean slate of we're going to go out there in the coaching pool and we're going to totally, you know, go a different way. Something we have not done in decades. Right off the bat, I would tell you that if they're trading Belichick, they're not going to be able to just give it to Mayo. Because I wonder if wherever he gets traded, you mentioned the Chargers, so let's just use the Chargers as a placeholder. Yep. Let's say he gets traded to the Chargers as the head coach in Los Angeles. I think Belichick would get Mayo to come be his DC, mm. like like be the official defensive coordinator of that team, and continue to say like, "Hey, man, I've still only got a couple of years left. Not really, really ready to hang it up yet." Like, let's build the Chargers up. And then when I'm done in two years, you take over. You've got Justin Herbert. You've got all that stuff. So if you, if they move on from Bill, it would be a weird feeling for Mayo, who I think is a big loyalty guy, right? Played for Belichick himself as a player. Um, if he kept coaching elsewhere, I don't know if Mayo could could really just take over the Patriots. The name that I thought of if they move on and they just like totally clean house I thought of Harbaugh because wow. I don't I, I don't know where else they go, right? What, who else are you going to get? Do, you, do we do we honestly think that the New England Patriots are going to move on from Bill Belichick and then hire Ben Johnson? Like no. I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. We we talked about it. Uh, when was this? Oh, last week for the mailbag episode, I said that the Patriots' job is alluring because of how much flexibility it has. 
but it's also not alluring because it's an insane amount of pressure. This team has won so much over the last two decades. So, yeah, I mean, like, what are you going to go hire Ben Johnson and be like, yeah, buddy, welcome. Like, it's all good. Like, I mean, I think you would have to go hire a guy who has a lot of weight to his name in the head coaching cycle. And truly, the only other guy that I think makes sense, if it's not Gerard Mayo, is Jim Harbaugh. I could see it. It's we. It feels weird, right? Something about it just feels weird. But that's because almost anything feels weird With when Harbaugh you move on right from now. Belichick and Harbaugh for sure. <laughs> who did you have? Did you have another name? I mean, I, I was looking at Mayo pretty much in any situation. Oh, I could okay. see a situation that they trade Belichick and Mayo gets the job, and some of the staff stays, some of the staff goes. I think now with that, I think Kraft would have to have a significant guarantee of Mayo of what is the offensive staff plan going to look like because this team offensively is so lost that yeah, you can't just hand the keys to Mayo and not be convinced of significant change on the offensive side of the ball. It's that's that's kind of the holdup there. And then the reason I, I won't throw Ben Johnson out there is I. It just feels like a weird fit in a sense. Yes, he's a young offensive mind, and this is a team that could be able to get a Drake May caliber quarterback, and all of that is enticing. But I just feel like there'll be some better jobs out there for a guy that wasn't even interested in taking the top jobs last year for the most part. That's what's so weird with the Ben Johnson um, situation. It's so amazing looking at the Patriots coaching history. I feel like, the trivia question of who is the last Patriots coach before Bill Belichick? It being Pete Carroll is so odd. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. And right now they are the two what? oldest. They are the two oldest head coaches in football <laughs> right now. I Isn't that so weird? Realize that. Yeah, Pete Carroll. Um, Man. And obviously before him was Parcells, which is how you know Belichick. What uh, a three! What a what what a succession of head coaches. Bill Parcells, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Well, and it's remarkable that before Belichick, you know, that overall those weren't really a success. I mean, Parcells was 500 in New England. Pete was a little over 500, but didn't win anything. Mm. Um, it's, you know, as a whole, I know, I know Parcells, I think was coach of the year with them. His, maybe his first year, but yeah, it's, it is. It's so weird. It's so weird with the Patriots because it's just been so, so long. But I think I guess I'll ask you like ask it to you like this. If you're Robert Kraft. After what you've seen the last two years and where the game is going and knowing that you have a legitimate chance here to like get this right. Like when they took Mac. I think a lot of draft consensus was it was a reach, but he was a guy that if things were right, you'd be able to develop him and help and he'll be able to win with him. Yeah. The idea, the idea, the idea was that Belichick's defenses were so good. You get a couple of decent receivers and Mac can manage the game, put it. Yeah. Put up just between 20 to 30 points a game. And the defense can hold most of its opponents to less than 20. And like, that was going to be the formula, which is a, I mean, if we're being honest, antiquated, that's it. That's a, a weird way to draft. A first round quarterback. A first round quarterback yes. is to say, like, hey, buddy, just manage the game for us. I mean, but that yeah, goes it doesn't into, work anymore. Man, and like Bill's drafts, we've talked about his drafts, but I mean, 
they're bad, man. <laughs> these yeah. these drafts are just this past year. Okay, I guess like it's too early to to judge too many of these guys. Obviously, I think Christian Gonzalez is going to be really good when he's healthy. Yeah, he will. He will. Um, a lot of interior offensive line, which offensive line like takes time, anyways. Demario Douglas has been nice, um, but like last year, okay, like Cole Strange, probably overdrafting him in the first round. Tyquan Thornton, okay. Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Pierre Strong, Bailey Zappi, all right. Mac has obviously proven to be like not a good quarterback. Christian Barmore, good pick, like it. Ronnie Perkins. Not a difference maker. Ramondre Stevenson, fine, but fourth round running back. What am I supposed to, you know, give you a pat on the back for drafting a fourth round running back and he was fine? No. Kyle Duggar, who I think is good. Now we're into 2020. Kyle Duggar, who I think is good. Josh Uche, who is fine. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. It doesn't and seem like it. Anthony Jennings, Devon Asiasi, Dalton Keene, Michael Mwenu in the sixth round. All right, nice. But now it just seems like you're kind of just hanging your draft hat on day three picks. And not nailing day one and day two, not really a good way to do it. Nikhil Harry, bad. Jo- Juwan Williams, bad. Chase Winovich, bad. Damian Harris, up and down, he's been hurt, but like not an not a di- big difference. The running back, there. yeah. It's just, there's just Bill Belichick, the general manager, has really the. I'll say this: the only reason we're having this conversation right now is because of Bill Belichick, the general manager. If he drafts better and signs better guys, we're not having this conversation. It's yeah. totally different. And I think that, okay, that's a duh, because it's like, oh, well, if everybody drafts well. But the difference is, is that Bill Belichick's the head coach, and he's also the general manager. And the head coach part, you look at the defenses, like, defense is still all right this year. Defense over the last couple of years, even post-Brady years, been fine. It's the offenses that are absolutely terrible because it's not his area of expertise. So instead, he's leaning on the coaches that he hired and the guys that he's drafted on the other side of the ball. Bad. Both of them, very bad. And that's just kind of the way it is with Belichick right now. So. It is, and it, it makes you – this is a Patriots fix your franchise, so I won't get too far down this road. But it's it's if New England moves on from him, it's a unique circumstance that – like that team needs to have a GM, I think, that he's willing to work with. And I, I don't know if we'll we don't once again, we just don't know certain things. This is how he's operated. He's very hands on. And for a long time, it led to him being the best coach in football. And unfortunately, everything comes to an end and it's kind of led to his demise. I completely agree. It's the guy could still coach, but he does not have the ingredients on this roster to compete in this conference right now. And that is his own doing. I mean, that's the problem. So that's why I look at New England as well. And it's like the whole Patriot way and the whole situation with Belichick. So part of me thinks that they do need to get back to a traditional structure and hire a head coach and a GM pairing and kind of strip this down to the nuts and bolts of this thing because the roster is so far away that I I don't know if you can keep going with the way you have and think that a couple changes are going to fix it. Yeah. So that I, Right. Like that's where it gets kind of tricky. And even I think the bigger conversation too, is if Belichick does stay Mac, I, Mac Jones isn't good in a vacuum, but Mac Jones is in a situation this year that no quarterback would overcome. And that's inexcusable to be quite honest with you at this stage, year three, of your first round quarterback where yeah. 
Right. They've gotten they've gotten everything wrong at wide receiver. The Tyquan Thornton pick was an absolute disaster. It's unfathomable that he was drafted over George Pickens. Um, <laughs> the Juju Smith signing bad, horrific. We knew it was going to be bad. They just randomly paid Devonte Parker. I feel like he can never bad. play. They've gotten literally everything wrong. It feels like put a crap ton of money in tight ends and had and 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 drafted a bunch of tight ends. And it right. like never came to fruition. The tight ends that they signed, or I mean, like Hunter Henry. Okay, they could bring Hunter Henry back, but like, how much is maybe being cynical? But like, how much is Hunter Henry moving the needle? Certainly not the amount that you paid him in the previous contract, and not for what he needs to be throughout the rest of this passing game, which is and, bad. yeah. And just designing your offense financially around like that is just once again they are stuck in a, in an era that they're just right they're just behind right it's now. really really hard to be a general manager and a head coach really hard 100%. there are not many examples of it working out um bill walsh worked out for him paul brown's kind of like an obvious older one but like those are like throwback dudes and everyone for the longest time believe that Belichick was just this guy who was the next. Okay. He's brilliant. He's Bill Belichick has been a reason why head coaches have pushed for organizational control throughout. I would say the last 20 years, you know, the one that pops into my head immediately is of course, Matt rule, right? Matt rule gets to Carolina. He basically sets things up for him. He boasts himself as the CEO. He has full roster control, no matter what, even though there was GMs there around him, he had the final say in everything, so he was essentially exactly what Bill Belichick is. And it, it doesn't, it just, it's so difficult to work. It's so difficult to work. And Belichick was such a brilliant coach, certainly on the defensive side of the football, that it worked because he also happened to have the greatest quarterback to ever play the game on the other side of things for the offense. So I'm with you. I think we're kind of talking in circles a little bit now with Belichick. Well, look at look at Pete Carroll, right? Like Pete Carroll is a guy that has had a ton of power, but he trusts John Schneider, yeah, to rework that roster. And that's a the Seahawks are a good example because the Seahawks had an incredible run with Russell Wilson and and you know obviously that defensive core. And while Pete has all this power and he's made mistakes at times, he's let Schneider and that scouting staff turn this roster back over and they're competitive again. Mm -hmm. So this is once again, another thing that like Belichick has to make, but you could still have a ton of power, but it's pretty clear that the drafting has to be somewhere else. If he stays, which kind of takes us to that, which kind of takes us to that. And we're going to obviously get into the roster. We'll dig into that. We'll talk about some guys that need to stick around. Some guys that needs to leave. Um, we'll talk about their free agent situation and then, of course, do a mock draft. Before we get to all that, you know that this time of year, it's all about setting up the routines, the checklists, that stuff. The most important thing on that checklist should always be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. It was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 years. Minutes. They got flexible policies that fit your budget with quality policies like million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply whenever it is convenient for you all online into your schedule. You go from start to covered, less than 10 minutes, 
no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family and apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That is meetfabric.com slash stock exchange, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. So M-E-E-T. M-E-A-T. We cannot guarantee what might pop up on the browser if you go to that. So um, can't hold it against us. We've already clarified. M-E-E-T. So when we set this thing up, we'll go into the offseason now. Do, do we both kind of think that Belichick's going to be back? I kind of feel I, like he's going to be back. I go no. Okay, so you say no, I say yes. So I guess that, oh, this is fun. So it'll be a little bit of a different approach here. Yeah, we um, can pick our own uh, adventures. Yeah, and, I say and, he gets traded. Okay, so you think he gets traded? All right, all right. Are we are are we are we building that into the mini mock draft? Are we building it into it? We can for fun. We don't have to because my idea is if he gets traded and we'll set the bar at a first rounder this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there could be more involved and. This is good because I'm getting a little off the rails and you're keeping this on a pathway that is a little bit safer. So it's good to have two paths. It shows all about. One of us just yin and yang. One of us going far off the rails. The other one trying to bring it in. I feel like normally it's me who's going off the rails and you've got to anchor us. So this is a nice little change of pace here. I think with that extra one, say you draft a quarterback Mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. I feel like you could use that extra one and – go get a T Higgins or some kind of offensive piece for your young quarterback. And similar to how the bills after they drafted Josh Allen shortly after they paired him with Stefan Diggs, and they were like, okay, this is going to be our number one wide receiver for our young developing quarterback. And mm-hmm. we saw what those two blossomed into. Now it doesn't mean that a T Higgins is going to be out there or, you know, say the Eagles come up against and they're like, you know, we don't want to pay Devonte Smith. This is, where we get off the rails like these are just names but yeah i would i would use that extra one and i would go get a pro playmaker rather than just drafting but if you couldn't if that market didn't exist those players aren't out there this is a really good wide receiver class so you don't you might not even have to do that all right let's get into it okay so roster needs obviously there's a lot of things that the patriots need connor i set the four top positions of need for this team is quarterback at number one wide receiver at two offensive line in general but offensive tackle probably because they're not bringing back Trent Brown um and then edge rusher as uh as the four pillar needs did you see it any other way no that makes sense to me I think you know Judon's out for the year with the biceps tear we don't think Uche will necessarily be back although he's been a good he might player be. he might be but, but I, it's, it's not a guarantee I'm comfortable with edge at four because you always need more pass rushers. Right. So I would agree. Okay. So we've got those four positions in need here. Let's get into a little bit of what the roster is like right now. It stinks. Uh, No, but honestly, I think that there are only a handful of players that you have to keep on this roster. Right. I think the ones that are on rookie deals are Christian Gonzalez, Christian Barmore, Ramondre Stevenson uh, and Demario Douglas. Right, those, they're good players. Those four guys are good football players. And Keon White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying like you're cutting everybody who's not right, these four right. guys. But I'm saying I would identify these four guys. I would hope that Keon White would obviously be a 
contributing like big impact yeah. player in the future for this team. But those are the four where I'm like, okay, those are the guys on rookie deals who I really like right now. You've okay. got you, you've got Judon under contract. You've got Jabril Peppers under contract, Jelani Tavai and David Andrews. Oh, and, uh, and Jonathan Jones, those five players who you have under contract. I'd be like, okay, we're keeping those dudes. We're not thinking about cutting them. I like all of those players. Judon's the big impact guy on defense. I think Peppers is playing. I think Peppers is playing pretty good this year. Tavai's their best guy in the middle. Andrews, he's a veteran, but he's like the he's he's the steady dude at center for them. So I think you want to keep him. And then Jonathan Jones, I vet in the secondary, but you kind of you need somebody to be the vet in the secondary. And then the two guys that I have for that are upcoming free agents that I would say you prioritize these two players are Mike and Wayno, who's playing tackle right now. We know he's got inside out versatility and he's playing it fine. So I'd bring him back for sure. And then Kyle Duggar is also a pending free agent. I would damn that went fast. I feel like it was just yesterday. We were watching him field punts at the senior bowl. Oh man, that's true. Yeah, no. And, and, and he's up this year, so they got to resign him. So those are the kind of like pillar players that I identified on the roster. Yeah. But dude, I mean, there's a lot of other players that I don't think you have to bring back. No. Like if, if like if you can get out of Devontae Parker, I'm probably getting out. Gone. You can't get out of Juju Smith Schuster unless you're taking a loss. You're you're taking a little bit of a loss. But if you want him off the field or if you want him off the team, uh, you can. I just think that he's probably gonna be there next year. Keyshawn Butte, Jalen Rager, non-impact dudes to me. Um, Trent Brown, you could probably let him walk. You got a lot of young guys on the interior, so you're probably gonna let them figure it out there. Hunter Henry, you could bring back if you wanted to. At this point, he's one of your most impactful players on offense. So maybe you feel like you have to, um, but I don't love it. Uche, you could bring back. Um, yeah, the secondary is a mess too. Yeah, they, yeah, it's not it for me. Yeah, I'm I'm probably with you there. I don't think we're forgetting anybody. I think the question is, you know, what do you get for Mac Jones right now? A fourth? Yes. Right? Yeah. This league where fourth or a fifth, it's not you're not getting you're not getting a third round pick for Mac Jones. I do think he's bad. I know he's bad and his demeanor's I, been bad. The deme- okay, so that's a bigger problem with me. Is yeah. that his attitude sucks? Um I, I well and, and we don't know like a hundred percent what's going on behind I, the scenes, but it's I like, mean it doesn't look good. Belichick's getting not. on his ass. You know, is he he seems like a deer in the headlights at the podium when he's yeah. answering these questions. Well, I mean, um, just the, the stunts he pulled. I I remember going all the way back to when they played the Jets in week three. He did something. I think he he punched sauce. It was a low blow, and there was a debate over that. And I think he like hit him in the groin or something. Is he that did in the video. You could see the slow mo video, and there was a whole debate over that. But but that doesn't even matter did he here. Punch him, or was it just a little sack tap? You know, uh, yeah, it's still I'm... something you don't do. <laughs> but whatever he did, no, he, he heard it from CJ Mosley, and nobody came over to defend him. That was a massive red flag to me. Yeah, I was like, yo, that is your quarterback, and your teammates are like, this dude again. Like, huh, walked back to the huddle. Right. It's like, I, I but anyways, think, I think I think he gets a fourth rounder back because third and fourth string quarterbacks are playing meaningful games every single week. Like, if you are a able body 
Mac has been able in this like he's been uh he's been average in this league before in a better situation. Sure. So I think I think you get a four back for him, which is hey, more draft assets the better. You know, it's also interesting how much cap space this team has. Right. So, they can go out and buy up the market if so they really wanted to. This team has a projected cap space. I'm looking at over the cap. Projected cap space is $75 million right now, which is third most in the NFL. Um, effective cap space, so projected for like the 51, the top 51 spent contracts, 61.7 million, which is the fourth highest. So essentially it's basically the same. And their active cap space that they are projected to have is just $160.5 million of the guys who are like on the team right now, guys who are already under contract. It's only $160.5 million, which is the second lowest. So this team has so much money to play with. They've got or anything around 70, $75 million to play with when you take into account, okay, what might the draft class be and all that stuff. This, I mean, this, this team has a lot of flexibility heading into free agency. I'm one, you brought up like a T Higgins name. I mean, is that kind of like the big one that you would with him being a free agent? Is that the one where you would be like, Hey, let's pay him to come be the man in. New yeah. That would be the one for me. Um, because I think spoiler alert, Trevor and I have been grinding wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I look at this class. Just absolutely. Too. I think there's a lot of speed in this class. Mm-hmm. And I think if I go get size and T, I can find the right complement in the draft. And then I start to feel really good about the playmakers I'm putting around my young quarterback. Man, especially if you get a pick for Belichick. Totally changes everything. Who do we got here? Okay. Mike Evans sit in the market, but he's retiring at Tampa Bay Buccaneer before he falls in the Hall of Fame. So uh, he's not leaving. Um, Odell. Odell will always go to a contender. Yeah. Higgins. Ravens choice he made is looking good right now. Man, there's some there's some decent ones here. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr. And Higgins has to get tagged. So the cost will be. You're going to trade him? Why? I I I went over this with the Panthers episode. I I would keep Higgins if I was the Bengals. Why would, I would you? But you never know. Things get crazy. Higgins clearly wants and deserves to be paid like a number one. And I know this year hasn't gone well for him health wise, but I so, think he knows. Like remember the year? Remember the year? It was that close? Tyreek, AJ Brown, like all these guys got traded. Yeah, because they knew that somebody was out there that would pay them. Right. I think Higgins looks around like that and goes, man, like if you're not going to pay me and Cincinnati hadn't said they won't yet, they might he, the money is out there. Somebody will pay him as a number one. So the Patriots don't have any extra picks. No, they have first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and then they have Chicago's seventh. Right. So and I think the sixth is Las Vegas. I think it's Vegas on, on tankathon. It's just theirs, but okay. Um, I'm on draft tech. Interesting. Wow. War of the. Yeah. Choose your fighter. Full orders here. I'm going to choose Tankathon. Um, So if you are trading Belichick. Let's say you get a first or a second round pick. That would give you some extra draft capital. I think you could move either of those selections then for T Higgins. If you are giving him the money that he wants. Um, Especially if it's a first rounder. Because then the Bengals can go and just draft a, a top tier wide receiver with then two first round picks to get. 
So right. that would make sense for the Bengals if they it's don't want to pay Stephon him. It's Diggs trade. It would, right. It would make sense for the Patriots if they believe that they're really able to slingshot, which if you're drafting it to overall, if you're getting Caleb Williams, if you're getting Drake May, you're getting the quarterback there, you're going to want the wide receiver. So you probably go out and do that. Um, and it's, a, like I said, a one-for-one -one trade with your getting Belichick out of there. You're getting the extra pick. You're not really losing anything. And then if you trade Mac Jones and you get an extra fourth-round pick, that's nice too. So... I don't hate up. that. I, yeah, I, I really don't hate that move. I think it makes sense. Um, other guys who are hitting the market, Darnell Mooney is hitting the market. Um, I mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. Calvin Ridley is hitting the market. Noah Brown is hitting the market. Josh Reynolds, who I would really like. Like if they went out and let's say the Patriots moved on from Belichick, used that pick and a bunch of their cap to go get T Higgins. T Higgins is the one you sign Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds could be the two. You got Demario Douglas. Who's been a nice player for them. He could be the three. All of a sudden, boom, we're cooking with gas. You got Drake may a quarterback, Caleb Williams, a quarterback. Boom. Looks a lot different. Looks a lot different. I think that's, I think this is a realistic. I think it is too. battle plan that we're building here for them. That's what's so enticing with New England is that and why the Belichick thing has so much drama to it because they have a real shot here to get this right for a long time. But if they don't change their philosophy drastically, which is very hard to do, the olds have trouble doing this, Trevor. The olds, the, the olds don't like showing their tickets uh, on the phone to get into the stadiums or they don't like reading their newspaper articles on the iPads, man. Like the like Belichick. It's it's kind of funny that we talk about him like this, though. And I, I, it's weird to talk like this show has been rough on him, but it's just the way the end of his his recent Patriots tenure has been. This is a guy that like traded for Randy Moss. I mean, yeah. It's not like this team doesn't ever give a shit about playmakers, and they're like, we just run the ball and have Tom Brady. It's like no, they for a long time. They had it going with a lot of different wide receivers. Man, and they can, you know, if they were able to do that at, at like wide receiver, um, because hold on, let me, I got to hold on, I got to pull up the page again to see what the market value is for those guys. So T, let's say they have like anywhere from, I know I said 70 to 75, but it's probably more like 60 to 65 uh, million dollars to play with because you got to think about the rookie contracts that you're going to sign in. So you got to save like 10 right. ish mil for that. Um, depending on how big your draft class is. So T Higgins market value is 16.5 on spot track. I bet he gets 20. Yeah. I bet he gets more than that too. Let's say he gets 20 just for fun. Easy math. So that's 20. So now we've got say like 42 million to spend Josh Reynolds. They've got his projected salary at seven. So let's add that. That's 35. So you got $35 million to play with. And you obviously like got to sign a handful of players here. So you can't just like take it to zero. Right. But you have to field the team. But I think that you probably got, you know, 20, 22 million dollars to play with still. Edge rushers that are hitting the market. Chase Young, Josh Allen, Brian Burns, Daniel Hunter. Carl Lawson, Zadarius Smith, Bryce Huff, Yannick Ngakwe, Bryce Huff, um, Jadavian Clowney, who's having a really good he's year. Such a good year. I mean, 
you can easily get another edge rusher to go along with Matthew Judon then at that point and still not be breaking the bank. Now, obviously, if you go and you get like Brian Burns or something, I don't know if they could afford a Brian Burns. Plus, I think Burns gets tagged anyway. So you know, that's my problem with this. All the guys you're listing, these guys never make it. I they think never I think, make it. I think Clowney would make it. Clowney will make it. I Clowney think, always makes it to the market every year. Right. But like I think Zadarius Smith would make it. I think right. King Dockway would make it. I think Carl Lawson, you know, is probably gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, and he's 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 close to done, but oh, unfortunately, man. it's been a tough go. Cla- Clowney is who I think is realistic. I like that one a lot for this team. I, I really like that one. Judon and Clowney on the edges. Because the Ravens will have to pay Matabuke, who's just killing it this year yeah he is so i'm not saying they can't also pay Clowney because they're not paying a ton of contracts right now but you could see one where baltimore is like man we always find we always find these guys we'll replace them i like this game plan i think it makes a lot of sense i think you know like revolutionizing the passing attack with those players and then going to get another edge rusher. That is enough for me this offseason to say, okay, you're going in the right direction. You're making the changes that you need to make. Now, I guess the big lingering question a Patriots fan would have sitting here is, what are we going to do at offensive tackle? Because you, you can't really put a Drake May or a Caleb Williams in that situation. So when Wayne is going to be one of, he's going to play at one of the tackle spots. And then you're probably drafting another tackle. I think you're signing a veteran and drafting one. Yeah, because like who's a vet that would be available here? That market's always tough. Yeah, because it's not, you're not going to get Ta- like edge rushers, tackles don't make don't it to free agency. They, don't, they do not make it to free agency. Although Jonah Williams might make it free agency. Pass. Well, come on, brother. I know our, our options are limited. Um, yeah, Donovan Smith is hitting. He could hit free agency. Um, it's tough. Yeah, there's just not a lot of like starting options here for you. Damn. They might just have to bring Trent back on a one year. I don't know if they can do that, though. I know. I know he's got void money, I believe. Yeah, that would be tough. So maybe yeah, Trent has Trent has about two million in void money next year. Well, we can see if there's some tackle options when we do the mock draft. Right. So you don't I, always I agree. Have, I, think, yeah. I think it's a great I think it's a great question that you brought up, and we'll be able to kind of like work through it as we do this mini okay. Patriots mock draft. They're gonna be like, that's a great question you brought up, and I hate that you did. Yeah, and I absolutely hate I it. I hate you for it. It's one of the many reasons why i hate you this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at prize picks our producer eli one of our producers eli he is back and he needs vengeance because he got screwed over last week with nico collins getting hurt oh no when he eli. did and i i did the rest of them hit the rest of them might have hit so this week all right this is what he's cooking up this week surprise so picks if you guys don't know it's a daily fantasy sports platform and you're taking anywhere from two to six entries, and you got to wrap them up together, and all like all of them got to hit. So PFF has an official price fix lineup every single week, and it's always three entries. So this week's entry is, oh, so this is a Monday Night Football edition. Um, so it's already passed, but we'll see if it actually hits. Jordan Love more 
than 228 and a half passing yards. Okay. More than 0.5 rushing or receiving TDs for either DeAndre Hopkins or Jaden Reed. So if one of those guys scores a touchdown, we're in the money. And then, ooh, Saquon Barkley, more than 93 and a half rushing and receiving yards. That one, that one's going to come down to the wire. Eli actually has analysis for this one. He said, Jordan Love's gone over this line in four straight games. Jane Reed and DeAndre Hopkins have either had a TD in the last, have either had a TD in the last four weeks. And then Saquon Barkley's gone over this total four of his last six games. And I think if they go down, DeVito's going to have to check it down to Saquon a lot. So he's going to have to make something happen. That's right. Look, you know, it's all there. It's all there. You can go over to Price Picks. You can cook up your own uh, lineups with, with as many entries as you want. Also, with basketball season here, you can pick combo projections. It costs both uh, football and basketball in the Special Leagues tab. It's a league that's created specifically for combo projections. They include two or more players from different sports leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combined three-pointers made plus receptions. It's just a fun way to, if you see a line that you like from both sports, uh, make sure that you uh, are cashing in on that as much as possible. PricePix also has a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your guys gets injured. I think Nico Collins didn't get injured in time for the last one, but maybe he did. I got to double check it. For football yeah, very early. Well, then maybe it would. Maybe we're good to go. For football and basketball games on prize picks, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is automatically rebooted. Prize picks mm-hmm. is the only daily daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy, folks. Go to pricepicks.com backslash NFLSC. Use the promo code NFLSC for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is pricepicks.com backslash NFLSC using the promo code NFLSC for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's do it. Let's get into the Patriots mini mock draft. We're pulling up the PFF mock draft simulator, uh, selecting the New England Patriots, and we're going to do three rounds. So we'll have a little bit of fun on maybe some draft picks that they acquire via a Bill Belichick trade, but as of now, we're only going to pick for them three times. So let's enter in the draft here. Start this bad boy up. In this mock draft that I have on my screen, Connor, Caleb Williams went one. So, you know where this is going. Think this is a pretty obvious one. Yeah, um, I think that we are. Uh, we're gonna go with Drake May here. Actually, you know what? Let me just pull it up. Let me make it easier. I can make it. I can make it easier. Hold on. Let's do this. Share in the screen. And now the good people who are watching it on YouTube. Boom. There it is. So you guys can see exactly. Beautiful sight as well. Um, Scale Williams goes one. We said the quarterback was the number one need for this New England Patriots team, which means it's going to be Drake May, right? Yeah. Although I'll tell you what the it's going to, I think it'll get more interesting than this closer to the draft. I, I, for me, it's not like I, I have Drake and Caleb in their own tier away from the other quarterbacks. But and I won't go too far into this because this isn't the right episode for it. But I've heard I've heard quarterback rankings all over so far, Trevor, for teams. That yeah. Jaden Daniels rises, you and I have talked about, is very real. As I've said before, there are teams that can I say a take? Sure. Pending medical, really like Penix. So go ahead though. I think Jaden Daniels is 
going top 10. Oh, I don't think that's hot at all. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think, I think we all need to get on board with that. You had it in the last mock draft. Right. Did, right. And, and, I, so, and I was like, I'm dude, I'm not here yet, but I know the, like, I'm not saying it's, it's like totally happen. left field or anything, but no, I, 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 I genuinely believe like he's too talented at so many different things that I know me personally going into the season, I did not view Jaden Daniels anywhere close to this type of prospect. So it's taken me a right. long time to get over my preconceived evaluations of him going into the season. But he's just he he does too many things well. Too many quarterbacks have been picked higher for less, if you will. Right. That's so a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think I think we all need to get on board with. I think there's a lot of teams that are maybe picking in the back half of the first round that are like, yeah, yeah, we'll just pick Jaden Daniels. Or we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get Jaden Daniels in the second round. And this is kind of that's my gone. version of, of telling you that's not going to happen. I think he's going to be a lock for the top 10 when it's all said and done. Yeah. So anyways, um, can we, can we uh, entertain a Bill Belichick trade here? Okay. Yes. Let's entertain one. Where are so, the Chargers? <laughs> so, so the Chargers pick at 12. And if you get pick 12 for Bill Belichick, which I, is a lot, right? Especially for a Chargers team that needs a lot of stuff. I don't know if you get that from them. No, that seems really, really rich. I think instead you would, if you're trading Belichick, I think it's too like, I don't know who would it be who who would I mean winning teams aren't moving on from their head coach yeah and if the bills move on from McDermott it won't be them no obviously they're not, they're not going to trade Belichick within the division no they're not I mean Pete's not going to go just for Belichick to go there I don't think so so here's so I'm glad that we kind of like walked it through this because I I agree that there's a world in which Bill Belichick gets traded I don't think it's for a first round pick. Okay. Cause I, I just don't like, where else would it be? I know that's a where team, gets... a team's not going to give a top 10 pickup for him. No. And they shouldn't. The thing is, does new England move him? I think if you're ready to move on, you move like it. it, it... Want to say two twos. Yeah. 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 So like, let's it's say like Aaron, he went for the equivalent of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there we go. I think that that's fine. All right. So let's pick Drake may at the top knowing that we're probably not getting a first round pick then for Belichick. And then on the board here at 34, when did the Chargers pick? So the Chargers also pick at 44. Yep. You want to make this trade? We can yeah. make this trade. All right. Two, two. So let's let's go to the where are the Chargers? Am I high? Where are the Chargers? Here they are. Uh <laughs> 44 and then a second rounder next year. Oh, we can select the player. I got to be able. To, we got to be able to select the coach. Come on, that's probably that you know coming soon, folks. Um, and then I don't know, so it's just like a seventh round pick in two years because I'll just I'm just going to force the trade. So we got the Patriots then up at forty four. So that kind of changes what we have here at thirty four. What are we thinking? So we Maloa is on the board. Got an edge rusher. Xavier Worthy at wide receiver. Mm. Found now, but do you think he's a tackle? I still think he could play tackle, but 
Morgan yeah. and Paul are here. I think that's yeah. more our speed. Right. We want to get a tackle. God, the wide receiver run was re- real, right? There's no AD Mitchell. Uh, yeah, Mitchell went 24. Mm. Um, Leggett went Damn. 32. Polk went 33. Wow. Yeah, tough. tough break for us. Emekic Buka. Yeah, whoever makes the rankings for this really screwed us over. Yeah, what an asshole, whoever does that. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. Um, ruined our mock draft. I think we should go with one of these tackles. Yeah, I'm, I would still go Fountain now. I just think he's too talented. Or Tui Maloa. One of the two. Oh, yeah. No, because we have pick 44. So we do, which is a nice little. There is a pocket. certainly a chance that these guys, given that it's the mock draft machine, could be available. 1551. So do we pivot away? We could do we could do Tui Maloa here at um, okay 34 and then see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's go. All right. right. Manipulation, baby. Um, Knowing the AI. (laughs) All right. So we went with an edge rusher there. And I I like that edge selection. I really do. Do you have, I, I know Jordan Morgan's kind of your guy. Yeah. I like Morgan. But there are some length concerns. I think Morgan is a better run blocker while Paul has more desirable. Like this has got to be a true tackle here, right? Like that's the issue. Yeah. I think I might. I like Morgan. I'll have Morgan ranked higher as a player, but it feels like a situation where when you look at what New England needs, Paul might be the more ideal fit. Would you agree with that? I just like yeah. Morgan better as a player. That and I hate picking guys over guys that I liked more. Cause that never when teams do that, it never really works out in real life. What? Picking like they are like they talk themselves into a player because of certain reasons. Certain reasons. Even though they know the other they think the other guy is overall just a better player. Let's go with Morgan then. We'll yeah. do Morgan. I'm cool yeah. with that. So we'll draft Jordan Morgan at 44. And then here we are, beginning of the third round. wide receiver that's what i'm thinking can we get somebody that could stretch the field a little bit we're kind of in a we're kind of in like a big gap with wide receiver though i know it feels like we're in no man's land Mm. yeah i mean that did not this did not go right for us i will say i need to michael cervante is is like the field stretcher, like the next field stretcher okay. here. Oh, I, I really like Devontae's Walker. Oh, yeah, I do too. I really like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, realize yeah, he yeah. was still just sitting around. Yeah, I have him I have him too low right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is going to be updated. It's, yeah, this is, I would take Devontae, I would run to the podium on Walker here. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Um, All right. All right don't want to give away too many of the goods as you and I will have clearly. The wide receiver talk? W- we will talk about Walker. So we, we were, um, yeah, I'll get to I'll get to it in a second. All right, so it's an A draft, and there's a D here for Walker, but Walker. <laughs> oh, it actually is an A draft. You're yeah, not, I thought you were just saying that. No, it is. It is. I wouldn't lie to the good people. And Devonte Walker, if they get him at 66, I can already tell you from what right. my rankings are going to be. Like that's going to be an A pick. So, um, 
yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think kind of a killer draft when you look at the value of it. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Now, you know, there's a couple of ways that you could do this, right? They traded Belichick for the second round pick. So in our like free agency scenario, we traded one of these second round picks for T Higgins. So I think, I think the more realistic and probably option that we would want to go with would be Drake may at number two and then 34 or 44 traded to the Bengals. You get Higgins, 34 and then you're picking one of these two guys at yeah. one of these two spots. So you can probably take one of these guys off the board. If you wanted T Higgins, you're bringing in T Higgins, you're bringing in Josh Reynolds. And then this is kind of like the starting lineup that we have here. I don't know if you need Tez Walker then at this point, but this was more of a, here's what the draft could look like. If you're not going get out to get a guy like T Higgins, you're you're big at wide receiver. If you go that way. Well, it would certainly make up for a lot of where they've been. <laughs> right. hundred so, percent. I, I like it. I like the, the Higgins because you have pop, right? You still have pop Douglas. So mm-hmm. if pop's going to be my slot, I got two guys on the outside and Walker and Higgins that I think can be true outside wide receivers. All right. I think we crushed this. I, you know what? That was a very constructive fixture franchise. It was. It, we really slow walked through it too because the Belichick conversation is so long. And it's, it's almost, I almost Trevor wanted, if like we get the news bit on Belichick, we almost should shoot like maybe a short to update the beginning of this. Like now oh, we know Bill is here. Right. Here's what we would have done differently or maybe nothing at all. Now we know Bill is traded for, whoa, they got the Chargers top 15 pick. Here's what we would like. This is this is definitely a t- to be continued one. But I think the road, the pathways we had at our disposal, you know, we did as much as we could in one offseason. So that's how we'd fix it. You know, the Belichick conversation and the Belichick decision obviously is kind of a, a beast of its own. But yeah. When it comes to how we would fix this franchise, there's a lot of things that they can do in free agency. We think that attacking the wide receiver market is going to be advantageous for them. The same can be said with an edge rusher. We talked about targeting guys like T. Higgins, guys like Josh Reynolds, if you wanted to double dip in free agency, which I believe that they can do. Um, A guy like Jadavian Clowney, certainly players like Bryce Huff, if you like them and they're available, great. But some of those guys are going to get tagged. I like Clowney. You like Clowney as well infusing some more speed and athleticism along the defensive line. You're keeping a lot of the young core guys around the roster, but this is probably a two-year roster rebuild in a lot of the identity that we've seen over the last couple of years. And then, of course, the mini-mock draft that we said, you're drafting a brand-new quarterback with Drake May at the very top. Basically, you know, you're kind of flipping a coin, whichever one's your preference, Caleb Williams or Drake May. Let us know in the comments, of course. And then if you end up trading Bill Belichick, you're probably attacking the offensive and defensive trenches with those two picks in the second round and then whatever offensive weapon that you want with your third pick. Let us know what you guys thought of this conversation, of some of the points that we had, of the mock draft, of the free agency targets that we wanted to acquire. Give us your thoughts on what uh, you would do when you are fixing the Patriots. The best way to do that, of course, in the YouTube comments section, youtube.com backslash NFL Stock Exchange. If you're listening on audio only, at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers on X and Instagram. That's how you can hit us up there. But we would love to hear from you guys. We love doing these Fix Your Franchise episodes because there's so much imagination involved. It is just 
a playground for you to build this team however you want. You can get as savage as you want with the roster, bring it all the way down to just a handful of players and build it all the way back up however you do it. We'd love to hear from you. Give us your short-term plan, long-term plan, as detailed as you possibly want. We love reading all those. As Connor mentioned, the next show that we have coming in the middle of the week, we are revisiting our wide receiver ranking. So we're going to be ranking more than 20 of these guys. I'll hopefully have 30 of them reevaluated. Connor shooting for 20. You're an animal. Yeah. What we're going to do is we will sort of do like a quick read off of our guys that are within, you know, 20 to through 11. And then we will each give you our top tens in more detail. And we'll do what we did for summer scouting. We'll go from 10 to one. And um, dude, I- I've been looking at wide receivers for the last week and a half. Cause it's a bigger position. There's more that goes into it. And all I'll say is there are some players who I was lower on. Tez Walker's one of them that I'm a lot higher yeah. on now after watching some of their end of regular season film. Me too. I, it's been really fun. Um, the, it's just a really good class and it's got everything. It's so balanced. It's got speed. It's got size. It's got playmakers. We know about the blue chip talent at the top. It's um, we're really spoiled this year and uh, it's, I mean, already at face value, I think it's better than last year's wide receiver class. Oh, Lord, yes. I will. In fact, we will answer the question because somebody has asked this to us before. How many wide receivers in this class you would take above Jack Jack Smith and Jigba was our wide receiver one last year. So basically, we'll we'll also answer the question, how many of these guys would we take above Jackson Smith and Jigba from last year? And Connor already teased it a little bit before we hit record. There is a receiver who is uh, moving significantly in our rankings from what we had at the beginning of the season. And um, I don't know. You you could tease it beyond that if you want, but he was a big mover for me. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, save, we'll save everything for the big wide receiver episode um, because the depth of it is just, it's just awesome. Like I said, I'm going to, lo- I'm going to rank 10 um, watching more than 20 and I know you're trying to get to 30. You're going to have what 20 ranked. I'll have, well, I'll have, you are the keeper of the keys of the mock draft machine. I was so going to say like, like, I'll have, if it, however many I, if I get to 28, if I get to right. 38, they'll all be ranked. So, okay. cause, cause I have to, I have to rank them. Cause right. when I, when I have them ranked, then they got to change in the mock draft simulator. So yeah, you feed the mock draft machine. I do. Just I do. choose them up and puts them in. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good class. It's a strong senior bowl roster at wide receiver. Yeah. Well, so you and I will be um, side by side down there on the practice field watching it's where you it's where you fell in love with michael wilson who could ever forget let's go baby i mean this damn is where right you, i did that's damn, damn right I damn, did. And i'll do it again <laughs> and i'll, I'll do, it, do again. it again too um pumped man gonna be an awesome show ahead yep yep looking forward to it wide receiver we always know that you guys uh love listening to that and love giving us your takes on it too it's it's it is the position to me that everybody's got an opinion on like quarterback i think it's kind of an obvious one because there's only a handful that we talk about but there's so many guys at the top guys through the middle, the sleepers in the, in the draft. Everybody loves to talk about wide receiver. We do as well. That's why we're excited about the, the, the show on Wednesday. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you on Wednesday.